Hey, dealmakers, welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. As always, let's get ready to own it. You're listening to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc, where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. My next guest is the founder of a platform that makes it simple for anyone to invest in farmland, making U.S. farmland an investable and tradable asset class. We're excited to get into that. But before we do, Asaka Tucson with Apple Podcasts said, this podcast is full of valuable information and insight. I really enjoy listening and continuing to expand my knowledge. Thanks so much and keep up the great work. And if you guys want to get a shout out on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review right now. If you guys find this podcast helpful and valuable, please also check out our mentoring program. We do a lot of great work on the mentoring side. It's really changed a lot of lives. So if you guys are interested in getting in on the active side, check us out at themichaelblanc.com slash mentor and see how you can get involved. One of the success highlights I want to mention is one of our first deal makers, Michael Keller and Brock Merzt. Michael is a coaching student with a mentor, his mentor is Jeremy, and they closed a 384-unit deal in Daytona, Florida in July for $43 million and raised $12.2 million. That is awesome. So with his company Farm Together, Arden Milicek is simplifying the sourcing and underwriting of land at scale. His mission is to offer transparent and efficient ownership of quality farmland with low fees in an accessible environment. We are excited to get into the show with Artem. Artem, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Gareth. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So talk to us a little about your company. We're talking about farmland today, which is which is super interesting. And guys, we're going to be going into different asset classes on the, on the show here and there, just because it's interesting and, and everybody's making a business out of out of something different out there, right? And so Artem started a company called Farm Together. Tell us about what that is. How'd you find it? And what, what do you do there? Yeah, absolutely. So we make it easy for people to invest in farmland. Right now, it's only open to accredited investors, meaning you need to have a certain income, a certain level of wealth. But in the future, we want to open it up to everyone. And it works quite simply. I'm sure your listeners are familiar with real estate investing. There's a number of crowdfunding real estate platforms. We do the same for farmland. And in, in a nutshell, no pun intended, on the sourcing side, we have a great team of institutional level investors that scour US for great farmland deals. And then they will go on the contract. And during that time of you know contract, due diligence, we will syndicate the capital for that deal on our platform. So it's all done online. And then every farm is professionally managed by us, again, using working with great farm partners and our team internally comes from decades of experience in, in farming and farm management. Got it. So how did you get into this? And this is it's pretty interesting. The, the idea came to me back in 2015, 2016. So a little bit of my personal background before starting from together in 2018. I worked for 10 years for large and small investment funds up in Canada. And Canada is known for being really innovative when it comes to real assets. 
And so fairly early, I got exposure to investing in farmland. And as years went by, you know, I was always surprised how few options there were for investors to get exposure to what is a huge asset class, 30 trillion in the United States. And so it's really, you know, a very kind of common story of the founder solving a problem for, for themselves. Because I, I couldn't invest in farmland even, I found it difficult. And so I, I wanted to put my skills to good use there. And yeah, it's been a phenomenal ride ever since. So tell me, Artem, how does it work exactly? Like, what is it? Are you finding farms and improving them? Are you like, what, what are the mechanics of owning farmland and how does it yeah. make any money? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, maybe just to kind of start high level, how farm makes money, I think it's a great question. Farms make money from selling the harvest. But what's also great about it. I'm sorry, is, selling the what? Uh, selling the harvest, so whatever they grow, and you know, we when we talk about farms, just to clarify, when we're talking about crops, so it will be, you know, your corn, your soybean, your nuts, your fruit, things like that. So we don't really invest in livestock or like fish farms or cannabis farms. A lot of people ask us that <laughs> lately, and so farms make money from selling the harvest, and then secondly, farms generate returns from land typically increasing in value as time goes by. Now, this is a blank statement, but historically land prices in the last 50 years appreciated by about 5.9% annually in the United States. So uh, similar to you know, other real estate asset classes. And then the way it works, you know, a bit more detail. So again, we are the ones who find the farms for sale typically. And then when we buy the farm, we either will rent it out to another farmer, which is a very common practice in the United States. A lot of people don't know that, but about 40% of all farms are rented out. Or we contract it out, meaning that we will hire a professional farming company or farming family that will farm it according to, to the budget and according to you know our plan. And so you have a spectrum of returns from kind of a more stable, safe rental income to more volatile, but potentially higher returning uh, profit from the farm. And our deals are typically a 10-year hold because farming is volatile. So we want to make sure you have a sufficient investment horizon. And then after 10 years, we will look to sell the farm. Huh. Okay. So can you do like a hybrid? Can you have some land that you rent out to another farmer and then you the rest you contract out? Or is, is it just one or the other? It's a good question. So on a single farm, it's typically one or the other, but that's when we encourage you to build a portfolio. We also have a way for you to invest into a fund vehicle that we have that will immediately give you a more diversified exposure over a period of a couple of years versus for you having to pick and choose a particular farm. But we have everything here from pure rental to rental plus what's called a flex lease where you get additional income if corn prices, soybean prices are high, to a base rent plus percentage of revenue, all the way to, you know, really if the farm does well, you get all the income. If it does poorly, you know, you might not get any dividend that year. How could a farm do poorly? Oh man, I mean, a lot of in a lot of different ways, from weather, you know, screwing you up to the cost of inputs, fertilizer, fuel, being very high when your crop prices that year are very low. You know, in fact, we had a bit of a perfect storm in the last, you know, couple of years in, in almonds. Uh, almonds, long-term, very attractive crop. You're a strong believer in that. But in the short term, you had, as I'm sure you and your listeners know, high inflation on a number of different inputs, 
factors, fertilizer, fuel. We all had this very well-publicized crisis with shipping in California, and that's the big export market or export corridor for almonds. And then the almond prices, because previous harvests were really good, you had a big overhang, and then almonds that consumed a lot of them in hospitality, in travel and entertainment restaurants in Barfield, get to what? All of those places were shut dead <laughs> during the oh, pandemic. Wow. So you had kind of a double whammy. Again, I think you know, prices are starting to recover and their input costs have come down, but you know that would have been and has been a difficult year for almond farms. Wow. So you could pick the wrong crop and, and just get smoked pretty much? I wouldn't say you, you would get smoked. I mean, in a particular year, you could get smoked, but over long-term period, you know, when we look at the, the index and the performance of a diversified portfolio, you know, we believe it would do fairly well. So just to give you a couple more numbers, there's an index in the U.S. called the Encree Farmland Index. Mm-hmm. And from 92 to 2022, the total annual return was close to 11%. So it's done really well. And with low volatility of about 6.7%. So there's a lot of downside protection in farmland especially with a long period, because again, the land itself has been appreciating for yeah. quite some time. So you've been appreciating for over a 10-year period. and then, But can you switch, like let's say you start with almonds and it's a bust. Can you switch to something else the next year to, that's maybe more profitable? In theory, you can, right? You would rip out the trees, you would plant new trees. In practice, uh, mm-hmm. you know, half of the cost of the farm rule of thumb is your trees and half of is your land. So you will would not be able to do it. But the flip side is, you know, once you plant it, it really just keeps yielding yeah. and yielding. So that's the beauty of it. Whether it could shift soybeans, over time. You have to plant every year. But you know, again, it's a great question. And that's why you got to either build a diversified portfolio because at the end of the day, you know, one thing I know for sure you're not going to eat tomorrow, right? But, you know, we might not be eating almonds. You might switch to hazelnuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the general trend is, especially in the area that we specialize in what's called permanent crops, so not fruits, vegetables. It's a more of a premium crop. So healthy eating, better diet, more income in general leads to people consuming more of those types of products. And so the long-term trend is, is you know, very compelling. Wow. Where are you buying these things? Like where, where in the country makes these? Iowa, Nebraska? <laughs> well, yeah, Nebraska. Yeah, we do have a farm in Nebraska, corn soybean, but... So permanent crops, mostly California, Washington, and Oregon. California grows more than 50% of all fruits and vegetables in the United States. It is an absolute ag powerhouse. And around 75-80% of all U.S. Uh, nuts. And California produces 80% of the world's almonds. So California is an absolute you know, incredible state with many microclimates and incredible infrastructure. People very smart, the tech and you know, the ports. So California is huge. I'm sure you know you and your listeners, there's always well-publicized uh, headlines about drought in California. You know, droughts happen in California all the time. That's just cost of doing business. And it's important to get the water right. And then Washington, fantastic state, great water, again, great people for apples, and then Oregon for hazelnut. And then we do have, of course, Midwest, so farms in Illinois, in Nebraska, in Oklahoma, we have pecans in Oklahoma and you know, looking at other states as well. So I think we're in nine, 10 states right now. Wow. And like how many acres are each farm? So our farms are fairly small because they're very expensive. So if you're talking about the cornfield, you know, your price will be 
five, ten thousand dollars an acre, which is still quite high. You know, it used not to be this high even a few years ago. For permanent crops, like apples, you could go as high as like ninety thousand an acre. Avocados. So this is, you know, we're talking expensive. Yeah. Wow. And you're are you buying you're buying existing farms sometimes as well, or is it all always brand new? Both. So a lot of our farms are brand new. We like to some existing, a lot of our farms have been more what we call development. And that's because we prefer to provide what we call creative transformative capital to farmers. So typically we work with very large farming families, multi-generational businesses, and they know really well what they're doing. And they have a lot of ideas and long-term thinking of what they want to do with their business. And we're able to provide them with a capital that is more kind of creative and non-standard versus what they can get from a bank. Because one thing that is really cool to know, I think, in farmland, the financial services and product are very underdeveloped compared to real estate. I feel like in real estate, you can slice and dice things left and right. There's so many fascinating financial models. We have a saying in farmland that we're 20 years behind real estate. So there's a lot that still doesn't exist there that we're able to provide to farmers. So yeah, a lot of it is development. Wow. So talk me through kind of how it works. So you guys go in, you, you seek out a farm. What is it like a, what's something that you're, that's attractive about? Like for me, I know if I go, if I find a deal, a deal to me is something that's undervalued, right? So it's got rents that are below market or it's got, you know, capital improvements needed across site. But the main thing is the rents. So expenses are too high. What are you seeking out to know if a farm opportunity is attractive? Yeah, look, I think you know, farmland is an interesting asset class because it sits in between a few different asset classes. So you have real estate, exactly right. And, you know, I think in real estate, buy low, sell high, right? So location, location, location is another one. That is one of the things we look at. Are we buying it at a good price? And the way we do it is we have this internal tech tool called Terra that continuously scours the internet as well as brokerage websites to always build kind of this dynamically updated comment table. Because one thing is that in farmland, we don't have like Zillow's and Redfeds. There's no Bloomberg or central source of transaction data. It's still very scattered and hard to access. So that, that's one aspect. Farmland is also in some ways like timber. It's like bone. It's like infrastructure. There's a few things here and there. So another thing we look at is uh, with the right team, can we develop it into something? So you have that development premium. And because we work with, I think, like really strong farmers, you as an investor essentially get to piggyback on the expertise and an our oversight. And so there's benefit there. And then you're looking, having a thesis on particular region, particular crops, where you think, hey, you know, this price right now, like almonds, for example, I think is a good buying opportunity right now. So that's important. And then I think what our team does really well is also looking into water in California. It can be make or break a farm. And so being able to invest with good knowledge of water, and there's, we could do a whole other podcast just on water in California, such a Byzantine framework of laws and regulations and bylaws. So there's a bit of like a, what we call a regulatory alpha, just understanding the water regulations. Wow. If you want to work with a full-time syndicator to help you get up to speed faster, get your first deal done this year and scale your portfolios and quit your job, 
then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. It's the only program out there that actually guarantees results. That's right. We actually guarantee that you do your first deal in the first year. Otherwise, we'll keep working with you and set up a, a strategy session call and explore whether it's right for you. It's themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. Artem, what kind of returns do these give you? What kind of cash on cash or kind of... So we proud ourselves on what I call, you know, stable and boring returns. On row crop farms, a little bit like multifamily housing. So we target total returns, net of LPs of about six and a half to seven and a half percent annually over the course of 10 years. But one thing to mention that's really important, especially in that climate, is farmland historically has done really well in periods of high inflation. And that's because it's a real asset with hundreds and thousands of products going into the CPI. So there's almost like a mechanical correlation. We find a lot of our clients, you know, with kind of on that low end, they're not just chasing returns, but also a way to preserve capital, to diversify and to express a view on, you know, inflation, having almost kind of an insurance policy against inflation. And then on the higher end, we go into 9, 10, 11, sometimes as high as 15% on permanent crops and development. And that's sort of more of a, you know, middle ground where, again, it's a, a long-term stable portfolio that you know, we encourage our clients to build that is uncorrelated to most other asset classes and you know has weathered really well. Like for example, last year the index was up nine percent versus you know most stocks bond were down double digits. So it's done quite well. This year it's done quite well in 2008-9 was up about 20%, done really well during the pandemic was essentially flat. Uh, so it's also you know a lot of my investments are in our farm deals. And it's definitely kind of one of those invest and forget. Because like I said, you know, people are going to eat tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. So what about like taxes? Is there any, are there any tax benefits? Because I know like depreciation, yeah. talk about those. Exactly. Yeah. And I have to, you know, as, as I always make a statement that I'm not a tax lawyer, this is not tax advice. So Got to make that tax statement. Tax. That's important. It's, I know. Uh, so there is a the potential for depreciation flowing through to your day one, the tax form you receive. So you could receive a essentially a loss from some farms in a particular year, and you could use it to offset other passive income you may have from other investments. So indeed, and there's going to be a change in legislation that, in my view, it's going to stay the same. Farm development right now has really attractive tax regime where 100% of your capex gets depreciated year one. So meaning that when we have development, you get all of that flowing through to your, you know, K1 through your tax loss that year. And, you know, again, this is sort of hypothetical calculations, but it can easily improve the IRRs by as much as, you know, a couple hundred basis points if you factor in, you know, the tax aspect of it as well. And then one thing to mention, you know, for kind of the more affluent listeners, we do have what we call a bespoke program. So you can buy a farm in your own name. And that one has even more benefits because you essentially can structure it any way you want. And we're still your private investment manager there. So for people that have that more sophisticated you know, tax thinking, there's definitely some benefits there. That's really cool. So there are, people can get depreciation. Now in our business, you have to be kind of a real estate professional to really be able to capture that. Is it similar with farmland to be able to capture all of it, cover up like ordinary income, cover up capital gains? So not for our clients, because we take care of all of that. So you just receive a tax form online mm-hmm. and you give it to your accountant and we're like, oh, well, you have this loss, you have this income elsewhere. So we, we take care of kind of all the accounting on our end. 
we have an internal team of accountants doing that. And then indeed, you know, we always look for what are some additional ways to, to help save money. Sometimes like carbon credits or looking into you know, additional source of income. Some of our farms have wind and solar options for leases. So if they do put it on, you know, you get some income now, but if they put on like a wind farm, you'll get even more income. And then of course, you know, there is an optionality of farms that are close to cities that they could become real estate developments, which would be like a big boom. We have like some of the farms we have are in a place called Wenatchee, and it's on a beautiful hill overlooking the river. And from what I've heard, opposite or right opposite of us, you can see the summer homes, so you know, second homes of Seattle Seahawk players. <laughs> so this is a, you're also looking at prime real estate there. Wow, no kidding. That's pretty cool. What do you see on the horizon for sustainable investing? Yeah, good question. So, you know, with farmland, I think people naturally almost immediately go there because farming by its nature needs to be sustainable. And what we mean by that is that if you extract everything from the land, well, the value of the land is going to go down and over the long-term horizon, you're just not going to have a farm. And so we see that in a lot of farming families. I, I, the days, you know, I get a question oftentimes, like, have you seen the TV show Yellowstone? And I started watching it because I have to now, apparently, but there's this notion of, you know, being a landowner that fast generation. So for us, I think it's really important personally for the planet that we are sustainable farmer. And so what it means for us today is that we're part of the standard called leading harvest, which is a third party audited sustainability standard that aims to kind of audit the farms based on certain metric. And some of them are universal across farms, right? Like how much fertilizer they're using, are using more efficient irrigation systems. Some of them are more specific because also each farm is different. And it can mean very different things, what it means to be sustainable. You know, unfortunately, unlike the organic label, there isn't yet a equally popular regenerative or sustainable label, but we are working on that. It's still, I would say, look, we're still in early days there because it's such a complex matter. And there's things like, Sorry, please stop me at any point, but, you know, we can go into issues like regenerative agriculture, carbon capture, you know, not using fertilizer as much. But yeah, we, we on every farm, we look at opportunities to introduce, you know, sustainable mm. practices. You said that farmland is 20 years behind. What are some things that you're doing to kind of combat that to make it more accessible to investors? Well, number one is, is using a lot of tech to underwrite, manage, and syndicate capital farms. And the reason we need to do that is twofold. One, just that data is very scattered. Unlike real estate, it's just harder to get data. And it's hard to get data, it's hard to make investment decisions. And then secondly, the average size of a farm in the US is fairly low. People assume there's this huge farms. Not true. 98% of all farmland in the United States is owned by families. And 70% of farms are less than $10 million in value. So really, you're looking at you know, a small to medium-sized market. So in order to scalably analyze that market to provide capital to farmers, you need to use a lot of tech. So that, that's really what we're doing. We have two systems internally. One is called Terra, which is on the underwriting side, and Mercury, which is on the capital markets investor-facing side that continuously just moves the needle on improvements on efficiencies. You know, we have a lot of clients right now. <laughs> And we would not be able to manage them if we did not have the systems built out. So we're approaching 200 millions in assets under management, and that's because of tech. Wow. 
That's really cool, man. So, you know, how much are you raising for each project typically? Like what, what is kind of the amount that- Three, that three to 10 in? million. So kind of three, five, mm-hmm. sometimes a little higher. Yep. Wow. That is so cool. And then do you, are you making like, do you have like a corporate team? So you, you said you, you kind of, uh, you build in, you have a couple different models that you run, but what does your corporate team look like for your business? So it's a few departments. We have the investment team and there's a few people there. It's led by Boyd Corkins, who previously was at Hancock, one of the largest, oldest farmland funds in the United States and worked for a company called Wonderful. And you may have seen Paul or Wonderful Pistachios. It's a well-known family in California. So, you know, one of the best farming families out there. So a few people there. And then we have our accounting team. We have a farm management team as well. And we have our capital markets marketing team that kind of organizes you know, our marketing activities for investors, telling the story of farm together. Uh, so it's a fairly lean team. And then, you know, that's why we still, I think, charge fairly modest fees versus, you know, other platforms, other players in the market. And that's because, yeah, we do have the tech and also the, we've been really fortunate with you know, who works with us. We have some great people for sure. So like I, one of the things that we can do on, on our end is we can kind of sell this sizzle, right? Like I'll have like a drone video created for the property. People can get updates quarterly or monthly on our sites and they kind of know what they're owning that, that, you know, maybe they get attached to the project because they're like, Oh, that's a property out there. How are you guys? Are you guys doing anything similar to that? Where it's like, we hey, are, yeah. check on your farm over here with that's this drone. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we do drone videos and it's really cool. We do interviews with farmers. We do pictures and also quarterly and annually. I would love to, especially as time goes by, to have more of those, you know, on farm cameras. So you could actually log in and be like, oh, I wonder how my almond orchard is doing. Like, oh, what's that little gopher over there? You know, maybe better call from together. Yeah, them. exactly. <laughs> Take care of that. Look, look at that beef. No, that would be wonderful. And, you know, one thing, yes, we're definitely investing in all of that. And, you know, what's beautiful is like the cost of that tech goes down every year. So I think we'll be able to do more and more of that. Yeah, like some places, you know, the bloom in Elmer orchards in California is like stunning. You know, apple orchards can be really beautiful. I mean, all of them are, you know, to me, they're all, <laughs> all beautiful. Can you buy like an acre and name it after yourself? We don't have that yet. You know, that was actually <laughs> one of the original ideas of Farm Together to sell yeah. almost like this little square, like this is yours. Yeah, um, exactly. And we, we could do it in, in theory, but, you know, in principle, not to be boring, but you know, there's title and it's individual. It's one title, one part. <laughs> We're not lighting it up. It's an individual title. Just a funny idea I thought of. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's funny. No, I look, I, I like it. I, I Maybe we could do it just, you know, on a naming level. That would be cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, Artem, thanks so much for coming on the show. How can people reach you if they want to want to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So farmtogether.com, our client team is super responsive. We also have a lot of materials there to read educational stuff. Info at farmtogether.com is our email. My personal email, you know, drop me a line, artem, A-R-T-E-M, at farmtogether.com. But yeah, we're super responsive. We love talking to people about farmland and educating people about the benefits. I can see that. Artem, thanks a lot. We really appreciate everything that you, you've come to the show with today. It's, it was really interesting to just hear a, a different asset class and, and the business model that you put together. So thanks so much. Thank you, Garrett. Hey guys. So 
I really enjoyed talking to Artem. You know, he's got such an interesting model. It's not every day that you find someone that's that's going and diving into farming and and syndicating that as an asset class, right? You know, there's so many things I learned. I didn't know that you could you buy the farms and rent it out to other farmers in addition to building the operation yourself. I didn't know how the farms could do poorly. I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, if you may have a down year and the weather hits you and then you can't get the the water working properly and then and then the 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 price of the the crop is lower all those things can hit you that was super interesting to me so there are obviously those are the risks that come into play the price per acre was it's only 5 to 10 per corn and then 90k for other crops like apples and also the depreciation of this i thought that you know the the fact that you can depreciate this and use it as a tax benefit all super interesting so Really cool episode with Artem. If you guys want to see how you can get involved in our asset class, which is multifamily real estate, and have always been thinking about it, but are are unsure, reach out to us at nighthawkequity.com. Click the join button, set up a call with David and see if if you are the right fit for us. We'll have a, a conversation and let you know about the projects that we're working on. This is a really great time to get involved in multifamily because prices are down, which is awesome. It's a great time to buy. So if you're interested, reach out to us again, nighthawkequity.com slash join. That's all I have on the show today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out or looking to scale your syndication business or looking to invest passively, head over to themichaelblanc.com slash vault to gain access to our Freedom Vault.